you have a Bible, would you do me a favor and go to John chapter 16? John chapter 16, and I'm really excited to share this thought with you today. We're in the second part of probably a summer-long series on uh, misconceptions. Have you ever seen the show or heard of the show Mythbusters? Or Adam Ruins Everything? It's, it's probably not as well known as Myth, Mythbusters. Poor Adam, he got a bad rap. But uh, it's, they're, they're shows that are designed to just debunk myths, things people have believed that just are not true. And there are a lot of things that many of us have probably learned over the years uh, about God, about the Bible, that are not good for us. They're not healthy uh, lessons that we've learned. They're also probably, it's probably some of it's bad doctrine, bad theology. And uh, what I wanna do is before we jump into dealing with specific verses or doctrine that uh, people have been taught, I wanna talk for a couple weeks, maybe one more week, maybe two, about really how we hear from God. And last week, we, we talked about this idea of did God say and how people have used the combination of God said to get away with a lot of stuff that was not of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, those are two of the most powerful words ever put together in the history of the world. And uh, people have used that for a lot of, lot of, lot of bad things. And uh, so we, we talked about three ways to determine if it's something that God would say. And we went to scripture, we talked about where's the source, what's the message about, and what are the results? So what's the source for this information that somebody is sharing? Who's this information about? In other words, Jesus should be at the center of everything we do as a believer. And then what's the result? What's the fruit of believing or doing what that person has said or what I've been told? And so those are three ways. And today I wanna talk to you about from this idea of how do I know it's God? How do I know it's God when he's talking to, to me, right? Because we do believe that God speaks. Does anybody in the room still believe God speaks? I believe God still, still speaks. And I believe that God speaks not just through his word, but he does speak in impressions and through his spirit. Um, he's, the Bible teaches us this. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store, but by his spirit, he reveals his plans to those who love him. And so there's something that God reveals to us through his spirit. He speaks to us, not head to head, not heart to heart, but spirit to, to spirit. And uh, we're not just fleshly creatures. We are spiritual beings, and God speaks to us and relates to us through the spirit. And so how do I know not only when somebody says to me, God said, but how do I know when I believe God is speaking to me? How can I, through scripture, confirm that it's God talking to me? I wanna read you a scripture in John 16, verse 13. This is what the Bible says. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news because God is not an author of confusion. He's not just left us here with, without the Son. Jesus went back to heaven. We're just kind of like, ah, figure it out. No, the Bible says he sends his spirit, and when his spirit comes, he will guide us into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, 
thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house today. We give you glory and honor for your presence that is in the room. And we believe that because your presence is here, then anything is possible. God, we want to leave this place different than how we came in. Thank you for what you're doing. If there's anybody that feels broken today, would you heal them? God, if there's anybody that feels lost today, would you find them? God, if there's anybody in here today that feels out of it, just ready to quit, ready to give in, would you encourage and strengthen them? Would you lift them up out of the pit and set them on a rock to stay? That is your word and your name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shout it, amen. 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 This is, uh, this is uh, such an important verse because it gives us this idea that God will speak to us. And when God speaks to us, he will speak to us through his spirit. And his spirit will do a couple things. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will tell you what is yet to come. And this is good news because not only does it mean that God speaks, but it, it puts the responsibility of God speaking on God. This is what I love about it because hearing from God begins with God. This is important for you to understand because I think a lot of times we struggle so hard to hear from God and we're trying so hard to hear from God when the reality is, is God, if he wants to get your attention, God can get your attention. Like I, I know we talk about a lot of times that he speaks in still small voice and uh, he speaks in impressions and, you know, I've never heard God speak audibly, but can I tell you something? If God really needs to get my attention, God can speak to me from heaven and get my attention. He is, he is, the Bible teaches us that he has a loud voice. He, he doesn't struggle. God is not shy. God is, is, is not quiet sometimes. Sometimes when God speaks, the Bible says that the mountains tremble and the earth shakes and everybody pays attention when God speaks. Are you thankful for a God that knows how to get your attention? Like if he really needs to wake you up, he can wake you up. A lot of people are just trying so hard. I need to hear from God, and I understand that, and I, I see the virtue in that. But let me tell you something. If God really wants to get your attention, God can get your attention, and you have to put the, the priority in God speaking to you on God. You have to put it on him because if not, you'll, you'll become religious and you'll think that you can do all of these things to make God talk to you. Can I tell you, if God wants to talk to you, God will talk to you. If God wants to speak to you, God will speak to you. And God very often, see, this is one thing we do with God. We see him operate one way and then we limit him to that way. We have to understand that God operates in so many different ways throughout the scripture. God can get your attention. There's a story in the Bible that I love. It's in Numbers 22. It's about this guy named Balaam. And this is an interesting story because God is trying to get Balaam's attention. And God comes down, he, he comes down to get Balaam's attention, and he sends an angel, the Bible says. He, so this angel comes down, and he stands in front of Balaam, but Balaam can't see him. His donkey sees the angel, but Balaam can't see the angel. So the Bible says that the donkey, when the donkey sees the angel, the donkey goes off into a field and Balaam kicks the donkey and drags the donkey back out into the street and starts to walk again. Well, God sends the angel again 
And this time, the donkey presses up against the wall and hurts Balaam's foot, and Balaam hits the donkey again, and the donkey gets back on track. Well, a third time, the angel of the Lord appears. Balaam doesn't see it, but the donkey sees it. God help us that animals don't see God better than we see God. I mean, goodness gracious. And the donkey sees the angel of the Lord for the third time, and Balaam hits it again because it gets distracted again. And then finally, God, to get Balaam's attention, opens the mouth of the donkey and says to Balaam, God went full Shrek on this one. He opens the mouth of the donkey, and the donkey says, why do you keep kicking me? And hitting me. And they literally, Balaam, the Bible doesn't act like Balaam is shocked by the donkey talking either. They just have a full-on conversation. It's so weird. <laughs> but if God wants to get your attention, come on somebody, God can get your attention. Don't be discouraged because you don't feel like God is talking to you. Don't be discouraged if you've never heard a voice from heaven. If God wants to get your attention, God can get your attention. In Acts chapter 9, this guy named Saul, and he would, he would become Paul that you're all familiar with and we're all familiar with, but Saul was a religious man. And the Bible says that one day Saul has letters in his hand and he's walking with these letters in his hand that these letters are going to condemn and many Christians are gonna be killed because of these letters. And the Bible says that God shines a light on Paul from heaven, knocks him to the ground and starts having a conversation with him. Not a vague conversation, God says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He's like, what? what are you talking about, Lord? And then God begins to tell him. He said, this is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. You're gonna go here, and this is gonna happen. Can I tell you something? God is not vague. God is not mystical. God is not like trying to just give you riddles and confuse you and just like trying to drag you along with confusing ideas and trying to keep you interested by just kind of kind of putting stuff out here that you'll never understand. God is very, very clear. And when God wants to get your attention, come on somebody, God knows how to get your attention. That's good news to me. Because that means I don't have to strive to hear from God. I truly just have to rest. I truly just have to rest and believe that if God wants to say something to me, then he can say it to me. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Bible tells us about a guy named Samuel. The Bible says that people haven't been hearing from God for a long time. People's ears have grown deaf to this ability to hear from God because they've spent so much time doing their own thing. It's not that, is, it's not that God isn't speaking. Listen, the Bible says in Amos, God says there are famines that come. They are, it's a famine of the hearing of my word. Then he didn't say it's a famine of me speaking. He didn't say I shut up. He said it's a famine of hearing. Sometimes because God doesn't do the same thing every time, Sometimes God doesn't speak loud to the point where we get knocked on the ground or through a donkey. Anybody's out here having conversations with donkeys? That's, that's interesting. It's interesting. I guess it could happen. It happened in the Bible. But, but because God doesn't do the same thing all the time, the Bible says that sometimes I'm speaking in a way and on a frequency that not everybody can hear. So you find in the Bible, God's speaking. He's talking to Samuel, 
but he's, he's, Samuel's in the house with the prophet that can't hear. So God is speaking to Samuel, but Eli can't hear it. And the Bible says that God's talking to Samuel. He says, hey, Samuel. Hey, Samuel. And the Bible says that Samuel jumps up and he runs into Eli's room and he says, hey, you called me. And the prophet says, I didn't, I didn't call you. So he goes back to bed and he lays down again and God says, hey, Samuel. He jumps back up and he runs back into the bedroom. The prophet, and he says, hey, you, you called me. He said, no, I didn't, I didn't call you. He said, go back to bed. So he goes back to bed a third time. He gets up. Isn't it amazing how you got a prophet in the house that can't recognize that God is speaking to somebody? It's, it's not only can he not hear God, but he cannot recognize when God is talking to somebody around him. The third time he comes back, he says, hey, hey, uh, I'm sure you called me this time. He said, no, I didn't call you. And as he's ready to walk out, the Bible says, he said, maybe it's, Maybe it's the Lord. Can I tell you this is the thing about God? God, if he speaks something to you once and you don't hear, he'll keep speaking to you. Come on, how good is God? Some of y'all are like, some of y'all are like, I think God told me and I didn't do it. Well, maybe I'm just suffering the results because I didn't do what God told me to do. I just want you to understand something. That if God speaks to you and you don't hear him, he knows that. And he's gonna keep talking until you hear him. He is a good God. He's not as bad as people tell you he is. He's not as bad as your old preacher told you he was. He's not as vindictive as everybody thought he was. He's actually a good, good, good dad. And as good as you think he is, he's better than that. He says, Samuel, and Samuel says the fourth time, the Bible says, Hey, hey, uh, hey, God, uh, it's me. Your servant is here. The Bible even tells us about a man named Jonah. And God talks to Jonah and says, hey, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach. And the Bible says Jonah didn't want to do it. He heard God. Have you, have you ever heard God say something, but you act like you didn't hear him say it? <laughs> Jonah heard him and he didn't even act like he didn't hear him. He just didn't want to do it. The Bible says that he got in a boat. He went the opposite way of Nineveh. The Bible tells us that God made it so rough on the people around Jonah that Jonah had to finally say, hey, listen, you got to get rid of me because God is trying to get my attention. Because if you don't get rid of me, God's going to hurt you trying to get my attention. This is crazy. So go ahead and throw me off of this boat. Then he gets thrown into the water. The Bible says that a fish comes up and swallows him whole. The Bible says that he's in there for a few days, and while he's in there, he finally comes to his senses. He repents, and he says, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And the Bible says this, that the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Are you thankful for a God who doesn't just give you one chance? Come on. I, I think that, that's probably a place where you need to go ahead and put your hands together and say, thank you, God, that you've given me more than one chance, that you've spoken to me more than one time. The word of the Lord came to him a, a second time. So hearing from God begins with God. John 16, 13 said, he will. He will, right? How's God gonna do it? He will. But, but, but I need the process. He will. But, but I need to know how. He will. That is such good news, man. That is such good news. So 
First point, hearing from God begins with God. Second point is if you are having a hard time, if you are in a situation and you need to hear from God, in other words, this is something that you are trying to get God's thoughts on, God's wisdom on, but God isn't intervening. Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? So in those situations we just described, God intervened, heaven came down and spoke to the earth, but, but God doesn't speak that way every time, right? Sometimes when you need something from God, when you need an answer, God is waiting for you. That's why the Bible says, draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. There's sometimes God puts the responsibility of hearing direction uh, and being sensitive to the situation that you're in and sensitive to where you should go and what you should do and who you should connect with and where you should spend your time and what you should spend your resources on and where you should go to college and who you are marrying. Don't you wish God would just come out of heaven and knock you on the ground and say, I told you it was Sally, you trying to marry Susie. <laughs> he doesn't do that all the time. So sometimes we need an answer from heaven. And, and let me talk to you about how, that, how we can put ourselves in better position to hear, hear God speaking to us. Because I don't know if you've, you've ever had someone, you, you live you, like, like in your house and uh, someone's like yelling at you from somewhere in the house and they're trying to get your attention. And this, this happens in, in our house. Every time Monica needs to go take a shower, she, she's, she forgets to take a towel. So Monica does not yell, but, but she, she never yells at me. She's never like, Robbie, she's never like that. But the, the only, when she does yell my name, I know why. It's because she's in the bathroom. She forgot to get a towel before she went into the bathroom. And every time I hear her in the towel, I'm like, you're 40 years old. Like, you should have figured this out a long time ago. Let me talk, let me walk you out here. And she's like, let me punch you in the face and like <laughs> knock you out and show you, you should have learned a long time ago. You don't talk to me. Like you just talked to me. That's exactly, that's how it goes every time. <laughs> but there are times when she's, she's yelled for me and, and I, I, I haven't heard her. And then I get, I get upstairs and she's looking at me like, I was, in the, I was in the basement, like I couldn't hear you in the basement. And there are certain places in the basement where I can hear and, and I feel bad about this, but the best place to hear Monica in, in the basement is in Judah's bedroom. And I feel bad. Because Judah's bedroom is right under our bedroom, and he's probably wanted to move out multiple times <laughs> in the past two years. But, but her, her, his room is right under our room, so if I'm in his room, I can hear, but if I'm out in the main room, the little den area, the little play area, and she's yelling, I can't hear. No matter how loud she's yelling, it's, it's really difficult for me to hear, and, and, and if I do hear, it's very faint. And I have to kind of, and I have to move around. Have you ever had to adjust so that you can hear somebody better? Like somebody's yelling at you from the top of the steps. What do you do? You run to the bottom of the steps like, what was that you were saying? Right? Because you're trying to get in a better position to hear what they're trying to say. And sometimes things, God's voice isn't hindered, but our hearing is hindered. Right? It's not that, it's not that God needs to speak clearer. It's not that God learns, needs to learn how to, talk like we talk or speak in, speak in a way I can understand. No, God, God's always clear. Sometimes we have got something distracting us 
Well, the Bible teaches us that, that in the Old Testament, it says that your sins have separated you from God. It's not that God has separated himself from you. It's just that your sins have put something between you and God that isn't supposed to be there. And God's talking, but you, you can't hear him because you're so focused on your sin. So it's not God. God never creates the barrier. God never, God never stops talking to you. God, God never turns his face from you. God's always looking towards you. But sometimes you have to get in a position to where you get... You get away from the distractions so that you can hear him better, right? Let me, give you, let me give you these thoughts on hearing God better. Habakkuk chapter two, verses one through two. And some of you have been in church so long, you're like, there's, there, there's a book in the Bible called Habakkuk. That's awesome. That's, a, that's, that's your new child's name, Habakkuk. <laughs> what if somebody names their child Habakkuk? Pastor told me to. I was, I'm kidding. Please don't do that to your child. Habakkuk chapter two, verse, when I get to heaven, Habakkuk is gonna be like, bro, what was up with you talking about my name? Anyhow, Habakkuk chapter two, verses one through two. This is what the Bible says. I'm reading from the New King James Version. He says this. He says, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart. I will watch to see what he will say to me, and I will answer when I am corrected. Here are just a few thoughts on how to clear the space, to clear the way so that you can hear God better. Not so that God speaks clearer, God speaks louder, but so that you can get rid of some distractions to hear God better. The first thing he says, I will set myself on the rampart. First thing that says to me is I need to get a higher perspective. One translation says, I will go up. I will climb up. I will set myself on the rampart. This was a high place. This was a place of perspective. This was a place with a different view than what I currently have. You gotta get a higher perspective. You gotta get a higher perspective. Two ways to get a higher perspective in the kingdom. Two ways. There are many, but here's a couple. First thing is this. Watch this. I gotta remember what he has done. Reflection. I've got to remember what he has done. Psalm 77 and 12, the psalmist said, I will remember your works and I will think about your mighty deeds. I've got to remember what God has done because sometimes we get into a situation and we are so surrounded and we are so bogged down and we are so head down in it that we can't really see a, a, a bigger, brighter, better day because we are so involved in the situation. So what does he say? For me to see clearly, I got to get removed from where I am and I have to go up to a higher place. I need to get a higher perspective and a higher perspective begins to come when I start to remember everything that God has brought me from out of, everything that God has delivered me from, how far I have come in him. I, I don't know about you, but I am thankful that I might not be who I should be, but I'm definitely not who I used to be. Come on, I am, I am definitely not who I used to be. I am definitely not who I used to be. And I've got to remember that. I've got to reflect on that. Sometimes I got to look at myself and I got to look at the things that God has done. And I got to look back at what God has done. And I got to be like, you know, you know, you have come a mighty long way. Like, like, you're doing better than you think you are. There are a lot of people in this room right now, you're frustrated, you're discouraged, you're in despair, you're angry, you're looking at your life and you're thinking, I should have been so much further than I am right now. And if you were really to truly get real perspective on your life, you are doing better than you think you are. I don't know if you're a parent, have you ever been gone from your kids for like three days and then you come home and you look at them and you're like, oh my gosh, you must have grown a foot while I was gone. Have you ever felt that way? Like you leave and you come back and things have changed and, and it's that way, we've got to, we've got to get out of the, out of being surrounded by what we're surrounded by, and we got to get to a higher perspective by being, by being like God. 
If you deliver me from that, you can get me out of this. If you save me in this situation back when I was 16 years old, then you can take me out of this. I should have died back when I was 19, but God, I'm 30 years old now. They told me I would never make it out of that. When I got out of prison, I never thought, I mean, I, I've never been to prison yet. I said, yeah, like I'm going to in the future. But I'm just saying this as an example for you. But like when I got out of prison, I never imagined my life would be like this. Five years ago, I was addicted, and now I've been set free. I might not have my dream job, but I'm not still bound by drugs. And come on, somebody in here needs to give God praise for where he's brought you from. I might not have everything I thought I would have, but at least I've got something. At least I've moved forward. At least I've, even one step forward is a step forward. We're playing golf sometimes. I'm playing with new people that have never played golf before. And the goal for the day is to just hit something that goes forward. <laughs> I've seen all kinds of golf shots. I've literally, I've seen people swing, miss the ball, and then on the backswing, hit it back and hit people. <laughs> I've seen crazy stuff. I've seen people swing, go up under the ball, and the ball go up in the air and then land back on the tee. I have seen crazy stuff. There, there have been moments in my life where I haven't progressed at all, but thank God, one step is a step. If I take one step, that means I'm not there anymore. If I take another step, that means I'm not there anymore. See, life is not a series of big events. Life is a series of small steps. I just want to be one step better tomorrow than I am today. And if I get knocked backward, I serve a God who can pull me forward in a moment. Even if I get knocked backward, he still picks me up. That's why the Bible says when a righteous man falls, even though he falls seven times, he gets back up. There's always a get back up for the believer. I don't care if it's 30 times. I don't care if you fall in 50 times. There's always a get back up. How do you know that? Well, because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So wherever you've fallen short, there's always a step ahead. Wherever you go backwards, there's always a step forward. So I got to remember what God has done. And then I got I to gotta think about, second thought, I got to think about what God is doing. Maybe it seems like in my situation, nothing is happening. But that's not an indicator of what God is up to. If you look around just long enough, you can see that God is moving. It might not feel like he is in your life, but that's why it's so important for us to have relationships because maybe he is in your friend's life. Maybe he is in, on some, in somebody's life on the same street corner as you. If God's in the neighborhood, at some point he's gotta come by my house, <laughs> right? And so, so you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you got to celebrate what God is doing in other people. A couple weeks ago, I was, I was down and I was, I was sitting and kind of, you know how you get in your own feelings and you're like, this didn't work out. And that person didn't call me today. And they said they were going to do, and that didn't work out. And that fell through. And I'm just sitting there like, oh. <laughs> you've done that. Don't, don't act like you haven't. And then they're like, ugh. Just like, and I, then, then, then all of a sudden, I started, I, started to think, I started to think about some of the reports of the things that God is doing in people's lives in the church. And, 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 then, and, then, and then Monica, Monica calls me and she's like, hey, just wanted you to know that um, there's a lady in our church. She's had 
two doctor's reports that said she had cancer. One of them was the report that was in her colon. The other one was it was in her blood. And she just got a call today. She had went back for the second exam. She went to see the oncologist and they called her back today and said, we don't know how to explain this, but not only do you not have one of the cancers, you don't have either of the cancers. And I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm like, and I start to forget what I'm in the middle of because I start to think about all of the stuff that God's doing, the reports of marriages that have been healed, the people that thought their life was over that have found restoration, the people that have found freedom here, the people that have found life here, the people that didn't have a relationship with God, but now they have a relationship with God, the marriages that have been restored, people who were ready to give up, people, listen, I had somebody come up to me just a couple of weeks ago, they came to this altar and they looked at me and they said, I was getting ready to kill myself this morning, but for some reason I found myself in the house of God and God's spoke to me today through you and he said my life is valuable and that I matter and he said I needed to be here today. I just want you to understand that even when you don't feel like, see God didn't do anything for me that day but he did something for him that day. I just need you to understand God's doing something and if you don't have anything to celebrate, celebrate others. Man, I'm happy you got a new job. I love that you got a new car. I love that your marriage is going well. See, you got to celebrate other people. What happens for us sometimes is instead of us celebrating others, we become jealous of others. And then we ruin relationships and then we go even deeper into our feelings because, oh gosh, what about me? What about me? God's like, well, you do know when Job prayed for his friends, that his situation turned around. Sometimes, sometimes you, are, you, are just, you are just on focusing on you too much. So in order to get out, you gotta get a higher perspective. Second thing is this, you gotta, you gotta he said, he said I, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart. In other words, he's saying, I'm gonna stay here until I see something. I'm gonna stay here until my watch is over. I'm gonna stay here until my, my, my time here is over. Listen to me. Psalm 62 and 5 says, my soul waits for the Lord. Hurry is the death of you hearing from God. Hurry is the death of you hearing from God. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, when God spoke to Samuel, the Bible says, you know what he was doing? He wasn't trying to hear from God. He was laying down. Sometimes in your trying to hear from God, you miss it. Sometimes the best thing you can do to hear from God is to lay down. Samuel wasn't like, I really need to hear from God. He wasn't like, I'm gonna do a 47 day fast. And just like, and he's just like, oh, I'm trying to hear from God. And I'm like, he just laid down. God said, Samuel, you like, it can happen like that? Yeah, just like that. Samuel, just, just, just rest. Just rest. <laughs> rest, just, just wait for the Lord. Don't get in a hurry. Don't, don't do this to God. Don't do that to God. Wait for the Lord. Third thought. He said, I will look or I will watch to see what he will say to me. Last time I checked, you don't hear with your eyes. I will watch to see what he will say to me. He didn't say, I will listen to see what he will say to me. He said, I'll watch to see. In other words, there's revelation there. What God is trying to tell you is sometimes you're waiting on a voice and God is saying, I've already given you a verse. 
You're sitting around waiting, God, speak to me. And God's like, I have. It's that Bible that's collecting dust on your shelf. It's, it's, that, it's that Bible that you, you, you don't look at, you, you don't use as, as a resource. You do know that I have a word for everything you will ever go through in this life, in my word. I have something to say about all of it. You're like, but no, my situation is weird. Ah, I've read some weirder stories than yours. No, you don't understand my situation. It's, it's crazy. No, I've read, I've read some crazier situations. No, you don't understand how helpless. No, I've read some helpless and hopeless situations. There's a verse. See, because watch this. Anything that God will say, he has already said. Did you hear that? Anything that God will say, anything you're waiting on God to say, he's already said. It's in his word. It will confirm what he has already spoken in his word. God will not contradict his word. He's not gonna tell you to do something that his word would not tell you to do. He's not gonna tell you to stop something that his word would not tell you to stop. He's not going to contradict himself. He will say what he has already said. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That idea, the word of God is active and living, what that means is this, the Bible is not an ancient document. There are a lot of people that think the Bible is irrelevant, it's ancient, has nothing to say about our day. You, you know what I've noticed about all of those, the people that believe that? They believe that so that they can justify, come on somebody, something they wanna do, a way they wanna live that contradicts what the Bible says. So it's like, oh, it's an ancient document, it doesn't apply, Jesus wouldn't know anything about my situation. The Bible doesn't speak to what we're going through. Oh no, yes it does, my man, yes it does every single thing, it's alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The, the word, the idea of two-edged there, the real picture that the Bible paints there in, in the original language is double-mouthed. So in other words, the word of God has two mouths. Watch this, the one mouth is when God speaks it, the other mouth is when I say what God says. So the, the, second, the second side of the sword, the double-edgedness to the sword, it's his mouth and then my mouth. It only, if, if I don't say it, it only has one edge. I have to declare it, it has two mouths. It means he speaks it, he says it, and then I declare what, and then I, I declare what it says and that gives it its second edge. So your, your words, the Bible, that's why the Bible says there's the power of life and death are in the tongue. You are actually creating your world with your words. So you have to begin to hear and see what God is saying and then declare that with your mouth and it will begin to change your situation. If you don't like your situation, begin to say something different about your situation. If you don't like your husband, start to talk about him different. Stop calling him a loser and a no good and he'll never be anything and start declaring what he can, start declaring potential. That's what God says about you. Speak what God says. Stop saying stuff that God didn't say. Look for a word. If I can't hear God, then I should read God. Another thought. When, when he does speak, I need to receive the correction. Will you stand on your feet with me? I'll end right here. 
I need to receive correction. He says, I'll stand, I'll, I'll wait. I'll stand my watch. I'll wait to see what he, he says to me. And then he says, and I will respond when he corrects me. I'll respond when he corrects me. There's a, there was a, uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a, there was a shopping center that was built and it was built primarily for, for older people. And uh, when they built this shopping center, it was, it was, it was all, a lot of ramps, a lot of railings, and a lot of sitting areas, right? And so instead of, instead of the older people coming to shop before, before the shops opened, um, it had basically turned into a skate park because of all the ramps and all the railings and all the sitting areas. And so the older people weren't coming to the shopping center because the younger people had taken it over with their, their skateboards. And, and so the, the city couldn't do anything about it. It was a public space. It was paid for with public money, so they couldn't kick them out. It was against the law, too. They had tried to, and this lawyer came in and said, no, you can't do it. And the court said, no, you can't do it. So they thought, what are we gonna do to get rid of all of these kids? And somebody had this incredible idea. He, he, he was a sound engineer. He, he understood sound. And so he said, there is actually uh, a, a signal. It's 17.4 kilohertz that, that old people can't hear. But to young people, it's the most annoying thing in the world. It's just a... <laughs> old people can't hear, but young people can't. So they said, what we're gonna do is we're gonna use these speakers that we set up to play music and we're gonna play this sound through the speakers as loud as we can. <laughs> and guess what? The young people ran. It was so annoying. They couldn't stand it. But the old people were just like, hey, what's up? We got our space back, right? Because watch this. Sometimes you get to a point in life where you can't hear on that frequency anymore. And it doesn't. So sometimes, watch this. Sometimes you get a little old in the kingdom and you don't think you need to respond to that anymore. So at some point, you become deaf because I'm older. Who's gonna correct me? I'm older. Why do I need to change? I'm older. Why do I need to move? I'm older. Why do I need to do anything? And then we spend most of our older years fighting with young people, turning our shopping center into a skate park. These young people with their loud music and rap music and the next generation, they the worst generation and our generation's better than their generation. They're so selfish. They got, they're, they're, they're all about the selfies. We were all about, you know, being selfless, you know. It's like, it's like all of that stuff as if your generation is so much better as if your generation wasn't plagued by weird stuff, just like this one. It's all the same stuff. It's just different. You're like, it's never been this evil. Really? Rome, they were like chopping Christians' heads off and hanging them on poles and having orgies outside. Like, America's bad, but I haven't seen that like walking down downtown Johnson City lately. It's the worst it's ever been. The internet. You know, and I get, I get it. I hear all of that. But here's the reason we do that. It's because we get to a point where we don't think we need to change and we think our way is the right way. And then God starts talking and he's speaking on that frequency that we can't hear anymore. Because we've just got, we're past that. We're beyond that. I, I, I don't need to, I don't need to, I don't need to act like that for God. I don't, I don't need to, 
I don't need to get excited. I, I don't need to serve. I've already done all of that. I've, ser- I've paid my dues in the kingdom. It's time for me to take a rest. It's time for me to just chill. And it's like, it's the young people's turn. They need to, and, and can, I, can I tell you what, what God does very often is, is he, he begins to speak about what is next to a young generation and they try to tell us, but because we're not hearing on the same frequency, we act like they're not hearing from God. I just want you to understand this is not gonna be a church that fights off young people. We're not gonna play a sound that annoys young people until they get out the door. Come on, somebody. But we are going to celebrate what God is doing in the next generation and pray, God, speak to us like you're speaking to them. God, let me hear on that same frequency. That's why the Bible says you must become like a child to enter into the kingdom of heaven because there's something I'm gonna say on a child's level that if you're too mature for me, you're too old for me, you're too educated for me, you're too smart for me, you're too beyond me, you won't be able to hear it. I never want to get to the point where I'm like, God, I don't need to be corrected. I need to hear him, and I need to tune into that frequency. I need to look teenagers in the eye and say, what's God speaking to you? (sighs) That's really good. Hey, will you bow your head with me? I wanna pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that you are still speaking. Thank you when, Jesus, when you left the earth, you didn't, leave us comfortless or without your voice, you sent your spirit. Help us to tune in to what the spirit is saying. Help us to also have the confidence that God, if you, if you need my attention, that you are strong enough, you are mighty enough to get my attention. But God, help me to understand that not every time you talk, do you shout. Sometimes I need to clear the path. Sometimes I need to go to the bottom of the steps so I can hear what the person at the top of the steps is saying. I need to, I need to get rid of the distractions. Thank you, for, thank you for loving me enough to talk to me. Thank you for loving me enough to correct me. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen.